Friends, and welcome to Unknown. The show, formerly known as UFO Mod Pod, has transformed into Unknown. The show is morphing enough from its original format that I thought a name change was in order. Why Unknown? I don't know. It seemed just as good as anything else. No, not actually. So I, I do have a reason for going with Unknown. Many of you are familiar with Project Blue Book, U.S. Air Force's official study of UFOs. When Blue Book concluded in 1970, 701 of the 12,618 UFO reports investigated during the study were categorized as unknown. So there you go. Unknown seemed fitting for a UFO podcast. So what's changing about the show besides the name? Well, a few small things here and there. Roundtable discussions about UFO cases and UFO-related news will still be featured, but not necessarily on every episode. Maureen, Ryan, and I seem to be entirely too busy to be on the show all at the same time, but don't worry, Maureen and Ryan will still be part of the show, and speak of the devil, thanks for hanging out today, Maureen. Absolutely. Where else would I be? (laughs) Well, speaking of Maureen, she and I are working on some things, top secret things. Top secret. Don't don't say it. (laughs) Well, we'll be announcing one of these top secret things when we're both at Denver Comic Con. She and I are doing a couple of panels there, including a Rogue Planet-sponsored panel about real-life X-Files. That panel takes place on Friday, June 30th. So for more information about that event, head to popcultureclassroom.org slash Denver Comic Con. And speaking of real-life X-Files, let's jump into today's topic. You may have heard that the British government recently released a batch of UFO files from the Ministry of Defense. Before we address this release specifically, let's step back and we'll provide a little history. The UK's Ministry of Defense established the Flying Saucer Working Party in October 1950 to evaluate the UFO situation. Yes, it was actually called the Flying Saucer Working Party. That's kind of awesome. The MOD eventually established a dedicated UFO desk tasked with receiving and investigating UFO reports. But the UFO desk was shut down in 2009 because the MOD came to the determination that UFOs, although real, pose no security threat. The MOD also lacked the resources to deal with the flood of submitted reports. However, due to the overwhelming volume of requests, the MOD decided to release its UFO files to the public, a process that started in 2008. By the time 2013 rolled around, the MOD announced that it had released all of its UFO files. But that turned out to not be the case. In 2014, the MOD announced that it had found 18 more files that would be released to the public in 2015. Well, that didn't happen. Delay after delay, excuse after excuse, the release of these 18 files kept getting pushed back. Then, on June 22, 2017, these last of the MOD UFO files, the real last batch, maybe, were released to the public. But, wait a second, there are only 15 files in this release. What happened to the other three that were promised? Well, apparently the release of those remaining files has been delayed, because their content was determined to be covered under a Freedom of Information exemption. 
Murphy, the British government, can deny FOIA requests if it deems that information affects national security. But these remaining files will reportedly be released later this year. This recent batch of files includes near-miss incidents where planes almost collided with UFOs, files on official UFO policies, and cases of alleged alien contact. The frustrating part, however, is that we can't easily access these files yet. Unlike previous releases that were accessible in digital format via the National Archives website, these 15 files are only available by either physically going to the National Archives in England or by submitting a request for copies to be scanned and mailed to you, a slow process for which you enjoy the privilege of paying by the page. UFO media outlet Open Minds posted communication they received from Nick Pope, who was in charge of the MOD's UFO desk from 1991 to 1994, with regards to the newly released material. The National Archives decided not to go with a proactive media launch this time around, probably because of the previous adverse publicity about the delay in making these files available, especially as there are still three to come, so they can't even say this concludes the release project, he says. Pope continues, They essentially shifted from seeing this as a potential good news story about open government and freedom of information to regarding it as potentially bad news story about delay and bureaucracy. Unfortunately, the perception will be that they slipped this out and hope people wouldn't notice until sometime afterwards, making media coverage less likely, as journalists tend not to like beginning a story by saying that something interesting happened last month. So, all in all, the British government has released more than 52,000 pages of UFO-related files through this whole process of releasing all of its UFO files, which aren't all of its UFO files. But we've got a new batch of files that we can go through Maybe, eventually. Yeah. I can't believe how difficult they're making this to get to these files. Um, and they've had so much time to work on them, too. Like right, right. Years when they knew they were going to release these, and then all of a sudden determining that these files they were going to release might contain sensitive information that they can't release yet. So need to go back and redact some more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and again, this is the, the problem, though, is... is the way they did it, again, was kind of trying to cover their own skin, probably, as, as Nick theorizes. However, it's going to cause more conspiracy behind um, the idea that people are going to get a little too excited thinking that there's the smoking gun in these cases. Um, and that's when, one thing Nick has been very, very yeah. quick to to uh, announce to people that, all right, so let me tell you what's not in these files. Right. There's no smoking and- gun. So, and the big thing is, everyone's waiting. Uh, these files are uh, released in part by um, John Burroughs uh, and his lawyer helped get these out because of the uh, Bentwaters case in London where uh, he had a lot of trouble getting his medical records and yeah. also to get coverage from from the U.S. Air Force. And basically, he now, they have a couple years ago granted him uh, full medical coverage so he felt that that was um, you know the sort of way to announce that they agree that he was exposed to radiation uh, from this UFO event. Yeah, official acknowledgement. Yeah, but but Nick comes to say, so everyone's waiting for this uh, Ben Waters document to get released 
But Nick even said that he thinks that whatever they have on Bentwaters is probably stuff that's been released previously. So yeah, I mean, it's been a really frustrating and, and interesting and certainly stirring the conspiratorial pot when it comes to Rendlesham, because anything associated with Rendlesham, you know, a lot of those files from that, or pretty much all the files from that specific time period were destroyed. Right. And they really have no explanation for that other than, oh, we didn't have an official, like, records retention policy in place or something. But wait a second, I mean, you've got files from before then and files you right. Know, right around that time, just not this specific period. If, if, if anybody's confused that doesn't really know about this case, and Jason and I are saying two different things, RAF Bentwaters <laughs> is the same as the Rendlesham case. Uh, just, you know, the base and location. Right. Um, just for, for clarifications for purposes. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and, and I look to, to see about... I'm, I'm not going to order these files because it'd be exorbitantly expensive. Oh, I know. Uh, like, I saw it and I was like, what are people complaining about? You can just click this button and order them. And I was like, oh, It's almost no. 10 euros a page or something. Yeah, and you, you have to specifically lay out, like, explain each page that you want. Right. Like, I don't need to tell you. Just give me these 15 files. Like, yeah. everything that's involved in them, I want them. But. And while you're at it send me copies of the the last three too yeah but right I, so it's it's this big thing that now we're gonna also i think that they weren't highlighting it of course because not all the files are released and right we've got these three that are coming out and and honestly like anytime we have a big batch of files released there are some fun like tidbits and nuggets in there that that you know that will show like oh churchill said this about UFOs or, you know, fun things that that are worthy of knowing. Yeah. And I think the same thing with, with um, these UFO policy files. Right. Those are going to be interesting because we're seeing how the government deemed uh, to investigate UFO sightings. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's relevant information that we, you know, I'm excited to actually look at because it's always interesting comparing you know, we we always talk about how people don't believe that governments really investigate UFOs, but mm-hmm. there are official government organizations around the world that actually do. The U.S. used to have them, and who knows if, if there's still some secret sure. <laughs> department doing that now. Um, sure, but I'm so, with you, man. It, it, it's yeah. definitely interesting to to read these policies because it gives you a good, you know, insight into you know how they're viewing UFOs and uh, you know what they're doing. Um, in their their processes to investigate it, so I find that stuff endlessly fascinating, and I also love the re- reading about the near miss cases. You mm, know, absolutely. UK does a great job. They've got the the air prox board there that uh, you know is a is a, a body set up to specifically look at these near miss cases where they've got unidentified unidentified objects that uh, you know almost crash into airplanes in the sky so they do uh, you know a thorough investigation of these cases and uh, you know there have been some interesting ones over the years that they've come back and the flying shark labeled them <laughs> unknown you know yeah. so, some unknown cases but you had the flying shark that was funny the air swimmer these inflatable uh, remote control shark um, that would be freaky as a pilot to see a shark I know. in the sky okay. yeah. Shark so the, yeah those, those little um, floating 
I, they come in other shapes and stuff, yeah. but they were really big like five years ago, maybe. And uh, so after this case where there was this unknown object, all of a sudden people realized it was was a shark and they were very confused and obviously not a real shark. Um, so after this happened, for investigation purposes, <laughs> I ordered one, but mine was a zombie shark off the internet. And <clears throat> the plan was that, that Jason and I were, were going to... Uh, mess around with this thing however it has still never been used it is in the box in my storage locker in Arizona that's so, really sad and it it might be dead by now it's outdated I mean it's just I don't think it's dead I never hooked it up to the batteries or anything you don't think it's melted oh I have an air conditioned unit oh, okay I'm there you smart. go well that, yeah. that's very smart because otherwise it would be it there. would be a big puddle of goo yeah it'd be yeah. Zo- zombie goo oh yeah well, you we might have to do an, do an unboxing one of these days. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> unboxing <laughs> so of the zombie shark. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little outdated, though, but, you know, that, that was just one of those UK events that stuck out in my head because the media in the UK does a really good job of reporting about UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day, they, they love it. So especially when you have the, like, more sensational papers that everyone hates like the Daily Mail or the Sun um, they are constantly uh, oh they eat it up up and hype (laughs) it up yeah for sure Oh, it's good stuff. And you know another thing that I like seeing um, you know although they don't really shed any investigatory light on uh, you know these incidences but in some of the, uh, the recent releases too from these files are cases of, of alleged contact, and um, Nick Pope, I believe, highlighted one, or, or at least mentioned it. He didn't go into details, but about a camper who says, like, he and his dog and the tent and everything were abducted, like, sucked up by a UFO. See, I want to read more about that. I want yeah. more details. That sounds fascinating. Right, and that's always the good things, too, where, where you're able to... Um, see how thorough of an investigation was done, especially when it comes to cases of alleged contact. Yeah. Um, and then and then see, well, hey, is this still a story? Uh, it, there's still a lot of, like you say, a lot of times the answer becomes classified as unknown. Yeah. Um, and or is there, you know, trace physical evidence, something that needs to be researched? And and again. This is the same with back to the Rendlesham Bentwaters um, case with John Burroughs is they found documents which stated that um, that these men uh, may have been exposed to uh, increased radiation from a UAP sighting uh, for more than a normal period of time. Yeah. So and that's what John thinks his his congestive uh, heart problems are are. Mm-hmm. are from is from radiation um which is so there you go it's like is there was evidence there that now we have no sort of further lead to it's mm-hmm. what happened yeah exactly and you know in the case of like the dude and his tent and his dog um you know even mr nick pope and this is perhaps his his mod training you know still still lingering and and you know making light of a situation or poking fun at, you know, somebody who has a, a, you know, crazy claim, 
Yeah, I'm not going to discount that. It sounds weird as shit. It sounds totally bogus. But at the same time, like, that stuff intrigues me. Because those things are presented in that way. When the media reports on it, when they're highlighting things in these cases, they say, and more on the kooky side, you know, they report it as this ha-ha joke thing, and it gets pushed to the side. But that's what I want more information on. I want to dig into that and find out if it is, as it most likely is, just absolute craziness or if there's something more to it you know but I, I think those things get too quickly pushed to the side without any uh, you know looking deeper into where that source the information comes from and if there's anything left there so yeah for sure absolutely well we need to track some of these people down we gotta go on a go on a trip to, to England merry old England uh, yeah we'll put, put put an ad in the paper <laughs> seeking Seek, camper seeking camper yeah <laughs> Probably more, more, than a, more, more than a few of those out there. Yeah. I don't know, because yeah. I, I think, you know, at least the, the stories we know of, I, I think extraterrestrials are, are attracted to campers. Absolutely. Look at the uh, alleged um, Allagash abductions. Yep. Um, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of camping tales, which I, as most people who... Um, have followed us over the years know I'm an extremely avid camper and hiker and uh, so when I'm out there it's that strange thing where you always are looking um, always looking at the sky always saying oh well is Bigfoot here you know that's one that's of my, my uh, <laughs> certain earliest memories of you know when I started pondering the uh the unknown of, of space and, and everything that's up there and our, our big sky and everything. Camping. Camping really really was the spark for all that. Just, you know, being out on a sleeping bag, looking up at the sky. Um, and saw a lot of weird shit, too. I'm not going to lie. But uh, have you had anything weird happen to you while camping morning? Anything um, paranormal, I, I, will, I will clarify. <laughs> a lot of weird things yeah, happen camping say, anyway. Was... But. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I've seen some things I, I can't explain, um, you know, in terms of seeing an object in the sky that you can rule out it being a satellite, yeah. a, a bug or um, plane or anything like that, that that I still cannot yet explain. And I'm diligent. I do my research. I'll look up to see, you know, if satellites were over the area or if there was something unusual happening happening in the sky. And there have been a couple times where uh, just things have taken very sharp turns and uh, at an exorbitant speed high up in the atmosphere that you can't explain. And I know, Jason, you and I have seen this as well together, mm-hmm. um, which defies ex- explanation. And yeah. so it, you kind of wonder, you're like, what's going on there? Is it space junk? Don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I... I haven't had any sort of abduction experience that I recollect. Yeah, that's right. That you know of. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that same boat. Well, the last thing I will say about this recent batch of uh, UFO files released by the Ministry of Defense is that uh, I'm, you know, we we pay pretty close attention, so I'm sure we'll we'll see them, but. Uh, if you happen, if any of you happen to, uh, you know, see these things posted from somebody who took the trip to England or is in England and, and bothered to go and, and get these files for themselves or somebody's Shelled paid the for money. it and uh, <laughs> had them delivered, um, you know, if anybody starts posting them, 
send us a link so we can check them out because we always love pouring through these files and you know it's it's a lot of material so you don't get get to everything but uh i don't know don't remember exactly how many pages this is it's 15 files but uh you know certainly a lot of pages in those files but uh we'd certainly like to have a peek so if you see them posted anywhere let us know and we'll check them out oh i yeah i i I have to add something before we, we we wrap anything up yeah um you know i got the results to my dna test back and for for all of the people who have accused me of being a hybrid alien or a reptilian alien over the years, I um, am sorry to report I am 100% European background. <laughs> no percent unknown. That doesn't clear you, Maureen, because the extraterrestrials are Europeans in the future. All right. Yeah, you're, you're not but... you're not off the hook. I think you just opened a bigger can of worms. <laughs> Well, that is it for this episode of Unknown. Keep watching our social media channels for that upcoming announcement Maureen and I are going to make. And again, we'll be at Denver Comic Con June 30th through July 2nd. We're leading a panel on real-life X-Files, and we're also participating in a panel about space movies from the 80s and 90s. If you haven't checked it out yet, Ryan Sprague hosts a new podcast called Somewhere in the Skies. Give that a listen. And just a friendly reminder, my book, Only Weirdos See UFOs, An Introduction to the Public's Misperception of Unidentified Aerial Phenomena and Extraterrestrial Life, is available on Amazon. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Jason McClellan. And I'm Maureen Ellsbury. Thanks for keeping things strange. Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. For more episodes and other related content, visit RoguePlanet.tv.